both the Pornhub CEO and COO are forced to resign after a scathing report in the New Yorker shows that their system failed to address underage and non-consenting individuals on their site. And we take a look at how the world views children as literally lower than dogs. Stay with us as we look at these and other stories on the 511 News. Welcome back to the 511 News. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, I believe that what we're going to be looking at here is really the education system and how we've been viewing human beings just one to another when it comes to their value and their worth and whether or not they are just meat puppets or whether or not they are simply just people of pleasure that you can use for whatever means you want. But in the case of what we're going to be talking about first, this case is one where people have simply used videos online to be, I guess you could say, digital peeping toms, weirdos going online using their phone or their computer to look at pornography. And a scathing report by The New Yorker has forced the resignation of not only the CEO, but the COO of Pornhub. And I want to read from this report because it is pretty fascinating to realize that these guys are getting caught in this because these are the same people over and over again when we read about it that have just continued to allow for this gross immorality. And I want to point this out because we're talking about underage children being on their site. We're talking about rape happening on their site and being put on there. And over and over again, we have gone over on not only here, but on the Good Fight Radio Show and on our YouTube channel, the fact that there is a direct link to pornography and sex trafficking. And the truth is, is that so many people do not know that when they think about sex trafficking, they might think that this is, you know, like from the movie Taken, where someone is being bid on a boat and some big, giant, humongous guy is going to buy them and use them up as their sex slave and tie them up in their basement. And while that is a form of sex slavery, the one that is actually most prominent are those who drug different individuals, use them for videos, and post them online and make a lot more money than simply selling them. And this is the sad reality. Pornhub and ultimately MindGeek I wouldn't say they don't know. They're aware. They just do not care because they want to have their pockets filled. But the truth is, is that they continue to allow this stuff on many of their neighboring sites and allow for this wickedness to just purvey. But also, guys, whether someone's being sex trafficked or whether they are putting that up there out of their own fruition, the truth is anyone watching that is helping and aiding for sex traffickers to use these children. And also, by the way, Jesus was really clear. You need to cut off your hand and pluck out your eyeball because it is not worth it. Pornography is not worth your soul. It is not worth it. Why would you want that to be your reality? The fact that Jesus was so clear that lust, that heart that wants to do these wicked things, that ultimately the people that have that heart are not a renewed heart, 
do not have a new heart made by God and do not know God. And he is warning that these are the very things that will keep you from the kingdom of God. And the truth is, is this will always be, and I've heard it said by others, it will always be anticipation. You will always feel anticipation when it comes to pornography, but yet you will never feel satisfaction. And that's the truth of fornication, homosexuality, or whatever sexual deviancy from the truth and objective truth of God's word and his design will always lead you to simply anticipating the next thing, chasing after that next high. As those who are involved in drugs and that addiction, they talk about chasing the dragon, trying to get back to that original high and so forth. And you will sit there over and over again, looking with anticipation and yet never having the satisfaction of true love, a love that comes from God, an agape love, and one that you can actually share with another person. And this, this is Pornhub, this is all this, this is all those, those only fan pages and all of the things that are going on. All of these things are rotting you piece by piece and making you look at individuals as simply items, as simply animals that can be used. And I find this interesting in connection with a recent advertisement from none other than Halo. Halo is a dog brand, not just dog, but animal brand. They make foods and collars and so forth for animals. And they recently came out with a commercial to highlight some of their food. And this one is specifically for a dog food. But one of the things that the ad does is showcase how much better animals are than having to have children. And the ad, as you can see, is just as wicked. I mean, I mean, really, if you understand what they're saying, is just as wicked as it comes. Halo makes the world's best food for the world's best kids. No, not that kid, this kid. They're 100% your child, but they don't act like one. It's mine! You can leave this kid alone for 10 minutes and they won't destroy your house. Yeah! Yeah, but this kid dinner never ends up on your face. Really? And shopping never ends in tears. Ezra, 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 please. Which kid would you rather go on a road trip with? Yeah, we thought so. Can you watch your favorite shows with your human child? No! Maybe being a human parent is overrated. So keep talking in that voice that's 12 octaves too high. Go ahead and celebrate each one of their healthy poops. And feed them Halo, made with natural, high-quality ingredients, rooted in science for their best health and happiness. Halo, the world's best food for the world's best kids. I don't know if anyone at Halo has ever had a dog. Oh, you're eating the car! Don't eat the car! Not the car! Oh, what am I yelling at you for? You're a dog. <laughs> but one of the things that you see in the ad is, is a child ripping apart the living room. But I have had dogs in my life, and I can tell you that over and over again, I've had those dogs rip up things. I mean, mess up a lot of the house and also defecate all over my floor and then eat other dogs' defecation and eat their own vomit. In fact, that's what God uses in his word to describe the apostate that goes back like a dog returning to its vomit. He uses a grotesque thing to point that we don't want to be like that. 
And it's so interesting that people, and, and, and guys, this is really the framework and the modeling of so many people that they call them fur babies, that they act like their dog is their child. And guys, this is obviously comes from a secular mindset that is not one of biblical proportions. And I want to read this because the article continues to go on. With millennials in mind, a legacy brand called Halo Pets launches its most significant national marketing campaign to date under the tagline, quote, the world's best food for the world's best kids. And it doesn't mean the humankind. The playful work from the indie agency Humanot, which won the client last summer, puts an exaggerated spotlight on awful kid behavior as a way of showing that fur babies are angels by comparison. In other words, buckle up for screaming tantrums, sibling battles, and everyday mayhem in a hero 60-second spot and its cut-down versions. And while the pint-sized homo sapiens are trashing houses and fraying nerves, the animals are the very pictures of domestic perfections. Quote, pets prove themselves to be loyal shopping buddies, dinner companions, and weekend sleep enablers as the kids wreak havoc on all they touch, according to the grand. Clearly, the winners are those with fur. And guys, if you don't think this is actually a worldview issue, then you're not paying attention. I mean, really, when it comes to the way that people view animals over children, over and over again, this is something that has prevailed all over the world. In fact, I remember specifically when we had done some evangelism out in Israel, some of the vegans, uh, the more vehement ones, out on the streets had kind of like a, a silent protest, so to speak, all with anonymous masks and then having videos of different slaughterhouses for animals and whatnot. And one of the things I brought up to one of the protesters was what they felt uh, concerning abortion, because they're fighting here, obviously, for uh, the, the rights of animals and really getting back to this idea of understanding that we are Imago Dei. And it was a great opening for the gospel, because the truth is, is we're made in the image of God. We are not animals. We are not horses. We are not dogs. We are not frogs. Boo. We are not any of the bugs that we kill in our house that are the creepy crawlers or any of that. The truth is, is you are made in the image of God. You are distinct from the rest of creation in the sense that you have, have been made in the image of the Lagos, you've been given logic and reasoning, and it's the only re- reason that whatever apex predator or crocodile or whatever comes at you and attacks you is because of your mind that you're able to come together and fight against them and still subdue them and have that right and authority given to us by God himself. And so when I look at this and when I see people, and if you think, oh, this is just some cute ad for people that love to have their dogs— No, guys, this is true. This is the reality. A lot of people, and sadly enough, it has permeated into the culture of the church that children get in your way. Children get in the way of mommy's success. She can't just go to work and be a top executive. Children get in the way of the father and his time at the office or his time playing golf or his time out at the lake or whatever it may be. And now they are such a burden. I mean, when you talk to and get advice from people, specifically of the world, and I hope that people at your church have a different view than everyone else, but when they talk about children, so often financial liability and stress or whatever it may be, guys, this is a problem 
when children are the punchline of jokes. This is the problem when also, and, and it's something that happens in marriages as well. You go to a, a wedding and, you know, the DJ or whatever loves to poke fun and make fun of marriage. And people like to do that. I've heard sermons online where they open up their, you know, sermon with a joke about their marriage and how their wife really runs the house or whatever nonsense and unbiblical view that they have and think it's funny. But the truth is, is that these jokes and these ad campaigns are really poking at the truth of how people, specifically as it mentions millennials, how they view children in view and in light of and difference of their own animals that now they call fur babies or their children. And sadly enough, this is something, as I said, is is endemic, at least in our culture here. But I was recently looking at an article on the Daily Mail talking about a 22-year-old girl that went to uh, her doctor, her OBGYN doctor, and asked her gynecologist to tie her tubes because she doesn't want children because she wants to travel the world. And actually, the doctor said he was not willing to do that, that he did not want to sterilize her because she might find the right guy and eventually want to have children. And you should see, you should see some of the posts on there in regards to the other people her age saying, yeah, nobody should be able to tell us this. And I have to say, it's heartbreaking that so many people coming up today hate having the idea of having children so much and push it aside so much that they would literally want to make themselves barren in order that nothing may happen as they can be promiscuous as can be and then not have a child, whether that's killing children or stopping the ability to have it. And how heartbreaking it is for women who struggle to have children. How heartbreaking is it that people who struggle to have children then look at others mocking and literally making fun of people that have children? I mean, I mean, it's really, really a sad thing. And this is what the culture has permeated over and over again. But the Bible says this, and I, I want to give a little backstory because I'm telling you all, all this because this is precisely what happened when I was a newlywed. My wife and I got married and my son came nine months and five days from our wedding day. And I remember I was so excited because my boss at my job at the time was a believer. And he had his, he was on his third child at that time. I think he's got seven now. And he was on his third child at that time. And I remember I was so excited because I was going to get to tell him. He was going to be actually the first person I told because I was on my lunch break when my wife told me that we were pregnant with our first son. And I, I ran back to work and I was like, bro, I got to tell you something. And I was so excited to tell him. And as I'm telling him, we're hugging each other. We're really excited. It was really cool. There was another woman that worked alongside of us at our job, and she was a professing believer, uh, very weak, I would say, in whatever faith that she had, if there was really anything there. And not just because of this, it's because of other things. But as I'm in excitement telling him how excited I am, I didn't even think I could have kids, and now I'm going to be having a child. This is amazing. She's like vehemently in anger, tells me how dumb I am, because I don't understand how hard it's going to be and how hard it is to have children. And I just have these, you know, fancy ideas of how great it is to have children. 
And I wasn't trying to be rude, but I quoted the very verse that my wife had given me uh, that morning. And it was Psalm 127, starting at verse 3. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Blessed of the man is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies at the gate. And so I said, hey, I just got to be honest with you. God's word tells me that children are a gift from the Lord. So unless you got something better than the divinely breathed onto paper word of God that I get to read, unless you have some advice better than God himself who created me, I got to be honest, I'm not going to take your advice. I can understand that there are going to be difficulties. I can understand that there will be some hardships and there will be pain. But I know when something is a gift from the Lord, then I'm not going to look at it as a curse. And it was very sad to see that that was a perspective of someone who was going to church every day. And that is not only their perspective, but it's something that has permeated the culture. And so you have to have every T crossed, every I dotted before you're supposed to have children or whatever the world is telling people. And it's simply not true because it's not what God's word has to say. And I find this interesting because I do believe this gives us a great place as believers to kind of run towards that which is true. This gives us a great place as believers to lead the way. And I think if anyone ever asks about church growth, and we've been talking about Rick Warren, and we've been talking about some of these seeker-sensitive churches and so forth, and people talk about church growth, and a lot of times church growth is aligned with maybe throwing a nice party and giving away iPads or you know uh, some sort of evangelical efforts, which are great. I, I believe that should be a part of actual church growth. And I think that most importantly, that the Word of God is preached through people who meet the requirements of the plurality of elders and what those requirements are in 1 Timothy chapter 3 that make it so clear exactly what they're supposed to be in Titus 1, uh, 5 through 9. And we look at those things and make sure we're a part of a local body that is meeting those requirements and, and, and accurately dividing the word of truth, accurately sharing it, teaching against false doctrine, refuting those who do not preach sound doctrine and so forth, and teaching sound doctrine and watching their life and their doctrine, not just simply being able to preach the word, but actually have a, a life that lives it out in obedience with the scriptures in obedience to the person of Jesus Christ, walking in a manner worthy of the calling that we've received. And so all of that is so important. But if you want true, and I believe a a great biblical understanding of church growth, it is married couples staying married and having children and raising those children up to know Jesus Christ, raising them up in the word of truth, raising them up in the word of God, and showing them and showcasing them as trophies of God's grace. Something I was thinking about the other day, we were teaching uh, during Father's Day, and I got some text from some of my old friends that are saved now. We weren't saved um, back in high school and so forth. And I said, how awesome is it that you and I get to raise our children in the Lord? We don't. They don't have to be raised in some secular uh, understanding of the world or some, you know, pot that's just mixed in with different views and ideologies and just throw it up and hopefully they figure it out and get it right. But we get to raise them up in the truth of God's word. And let's not ever, ever, ever 
take that for granted because what the world will give them is TikTokers like this 22-year-old who wants to be sterilized because having children would get in the way of her traveling. Having children would get in the way of her promiscuous sex because then if she was pregnant, people aren't going to want to sleep with her as much, even though there's plenty of people who would love sleeping with a random single woman who is impregnated by a random person she met by traveling. But nonetheless, when we see all these things taking place, this is a great way for us to step in and say, we're going to be counterculture. We're not going to be like the world. And guess what we're going to do? We're going to have children. We're going to raise them in the Lord and they are going to be awesome soldiers for Jesus Christ. That will be the goal, that we pray over them daily, that we raise them in the truth. Remember in the Shema Israel, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting at verse 4, it's, Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. And then after it expresses that, it tells the parents that it's expressing that to, that they are supposed to teach diligently, diligently, to their children, and not just simply, well, let's have a Bible study here and there, or let's make sure the pastor is teaching my children, or they're here on Sunday school, but teach them diligently. When? When you're at church. No. When they go to school. No. When you're walking by the way. When you are living life, you live life with them with the Word of God. You ask them questions about worldviews. You ask them questions about the Bible. You get into the Word with them and share that truth. And guess what? The truth is, right now, in fact, a a recent study uh, that was done was showing that people with more conservative values and so forth, and that doesn't mean they're saved, all right? I want to point that out. Most, A lot of them are probably not. We talked about just uh, not too long ago on a show here, everyone coming against homosexuality, but yet, and and we obviously should be disgusted and look at with contempt the idea of little children going to drag queen shows and so forth. And look at that with disgust and expose the wickedness that is there. But then at the same time, also look at with disgust parents taking their little children to take pictures uh, at Hooters and take pictures with girls that are dressed half naked with their breasts sticking out and whatnot and thinking they should be smiling with their thumbs up next to it. And also denigrate both of those things because that's looking at women as objects too, both of which fornication, homosexuality, or anything outside of this, of the understanding of God's word concerning concerning sexuality is something that is foreign to God's word and therefore should be condemned. And so when we look at that and say that, so we also need to know that this doesn't mean, oh, because someone conservative, they're a Christian. A lot of times that's not true at all. But the truth is, is can people with more conservative thoughts, all right, like things like, you know, anti-abortion, right? Things that children aren't simply, uh, you know, meat puppets and children aren't simply just in the way of their financial gain, that they're having more children by at least a 41% rate, by over 41% versus those who have a more liberal view, ones who believe that children, you should have no problem killing them in the womb and so forth. And I think what this gives us as believers, having an understanding that children are a gift from the Lord, no matter what Satan throws at us in light of financial gains or whatever it may be, The truth is, is children are a gift from the Lord, and this gives us, as believers, the opportunity to say, we're going to be different, and we're going to raise our kids in the Lord, and we're going to have children, and we're not going to look at them as a burden, but a blessing from the Lord. And I say this because I think about this also in terms of adoption, because it's very interesting that just as those who are more liberal thinking in terms of abortion views and so forth are totally fine with not having children as well, 
when you think about it, when it comes to adoption, I've always thought that when it looks, when you look at Islam and the fact that because Muhammad, and this is just absolutely the truth, Muhammad wanted to sleep with his adopted son's wife and therefore said that adoption is not really true. And so now there is no adoption in Islam, that this gives Christians a great opportunity to say, we're going to be at the forefront of adoption. We're going to adopt children and raise them in the Lord. Just as that is an advantage for us to say, here is a place where we can have true church growth, where we're adopting children, raising them in the Lord when they would you know, be in a terrible situation otherwise, whether in foster care or in drug-ridden homes and, and so forth, whether that's taking place or just simply having a view and a mindset that children are a gift from the Lord and not a burden, both of those places are a place where the believer, with a biblical understanding of what the Word of God says, can come and actually have a place of victory. People want to have victory in the courts and with their conservative values and with their senators, and those guys will let you down every time. But when you're having victory saying, I'm going to honor God in this, and I'm going to do exactly what the Word of God says, and I'm not going to let the culture infiltrate my mindset, that's where we have true victory. That's where we see God's glory shining, and that is where we see real church growth when we have children and raise them in the Lord. And for you who can't have children, or maybe you're saying, I'm just a single guy, you know, this scenario, whatever it may be, maybe you have the gift of singleness, then you can still come alongside and disciple people in the truth of God's Word. You can still come alongside and have that gift that allots for you to raise a ton of people to know Jesus Christ. And so, guys, I want to encourage you to stick close to Jesus, stick close to his word. Don't allow the culture to permeate any aspect of your life. Have no love of the world inside of you except for that, which is a love for them enough to tell them the truth of what God's word really says and turn them from a life of lawlessness, a life of destruction, and honestly, a life of futility apart from Christ. And as the great poet and missionary C.T. Studd said, Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And when I am dying, how happy I'll be if the lamp of my life was burned out for thee. This has been Chad Davidson, and this is the 511 News. The 511 News with Chad Davidson has been brought to you by Good Fight Ministries, bringing you news and commentary from a Christian perspective. This show can be heard every Friday wherever podcast shows are available or visit 511news.org. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to being with you next week on the 511 News.